Yeah, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Church of Estes Park. We are disciples of Jesus that build generational transformational disciples of Jesus. I'm Pastor, and I'm glad to have you with me today as we continue our series, Family Matters, Building Those Biblical Habits for a Healthy Home. That's what it's all about, and uh, we really want to be those disciples that build generational transformational disciples. Right? This is kind of why we exist, and uh, it's because of that uh, I'm going to encourage all of you who are members of our church to come back and join us at noon for our annual meeting. I know they say it's a business meeting, and we all will be talking about how we'll be doing business with God, right? But we're also talking about our plans and our visions and how God is taking us this year and moving us ahead into the next year, uh, which would be great. But if you do come back and join us at noon, make sure you've eaten something beforehand or bring a snack because uh, I don't want to have low blood sugar nasties, right? We all want to be nice to each other, which is great. If you join us online, you remember, make sure that you can come here in person or you can join in. Okay, with that, because family does matter, right? We want to make sure as a family, we, we're working together. Today, we get to talk about uh, one of these habits in families that really makes a difference. That's uh, something that is really uh, absent in our culture in general. And that is honor. When we're talking about how healthy families and healthy churches, because the church is a family, how we have to build a culture of honor in amongst us. And of course, to do that, we want to remind ourselves of our memory verse for this series because this does have to do with honor in there. First John 4.21, hopefully by now it's starting to sound kind of familiar to you. I hope you've been able to apply it a little bit uh, so far. But uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page, just say it along with me a couple times. Here we go. Three, two, one. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister 1 John 4, 21. All right, again. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. 1 John 4, 21. Oh, you sound so good. Last time. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. 1 John 4, 21. Awesome. Since you got that Word of God in you, let's also open up the Word of God. You have your Bible? Join me today. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. So we're going to be looking at uh, what does it look like to have an honoring culture. And uh, the book of Romans was written by Paul to the church at Rome before any apostle had gotten up there yet. So the church, of course, was growing as kind of an important city, Rome. right? So through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God sends an apostle through his writing. And the book of Romans is a great understanding of what is a basic Christian doctrine, belief. It's like sitting at the feet of an apostle. This is what the book of Romans is. It's a really fantastic book. And by the time we get to chapter 12, we have Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is telling us kind of what is the culture of his kingdom. What is it going to look like? How do we operate? And we pick up our reading today in verse 9, where it is written, Love must be sincere. Now remember, if we love God... We also have to love our brother and sister, right? Each other. And that kind of love has got to be sincere. It's got to be real. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. In this passage, and then he goes on, there's a few other things that we're supposed to grow into as Christians, right? That the Christian culture, Christian community has in there some things we find there. That, that love has got to be sincere. And then he goes on to describe what a sincere love looks like. There's things like virtue, right? Hating what is evil, clinging to what is good, devotion, right? There's something to Christian loyalty, right? That we care for each other even when it's difficult. That's an expression of love. Oh, and in there, honor. We're supposed to honor one another above ourselves. 
the, the Christian community and the Christian church, the home, the family of God, and in our own families as well, need to have these in there. But what is honor? Well, I, I think in our culture, we have a hard time with that because we live in a culture that there isn't much honor <laughs> practiced. It's not something that is valued in our current culture at all. In fact, sometimes I think we despise honor in our culture. We see somebody has a position that's supposed to be an honorable position, and we'd like to put that person down. Or if somebody does something honorable, we're like, what, you think you're better than us, right? We live in a culture in which we don't understand honor, which is one of the reasons we have all kinds of problems. So let's look at honor today. What is it? Well, honor, rightly uh, just defined, is offering due respect. That is what honor is. When God says to honor someone, what he's saying is give them the respect that they deserve. That is, do them. Which means that without respect, there is no honor. That in a Christian community, and a healthy home, we start at a base level of respect. If there isn't respect, you can never get honor because you can't give what you don't have. We have to start with respect. But we also have to recognize that without honor, respect is worthless. You can say you respect someone, but if you don't honor them, you're not giving them the respect that they deserve, so you don't really respect them. As Christians, we begin with this, that there is this deep respect that we have for one another, but then that respect needs to be expressed in a right way. In uh, Romans chapter 13, right, this same book, another chapter over, right, Paul goes on to describe, he says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe them taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now, in this chapter right here, he's talking about how do we, as Christians, deal with government. And in here, you'll notice he makes this point. It's called a double point. In in, uh, biblical literature, oftentimes, what they will do is they'll make a point and they'll make it again in a very similar way to kind of punctuate it because they didn't have italicized and bold back then because they were writing things with a pen, right? So why do they do it? They doubled up. And here he says, okay, you have taxes and revenue. Taxes are to revenue what respect is to honor, right? If you want to, if you owe someone taxes, then you... Right Then pay them. If you owe someone respect, give them respect. And just as taxes result in revenue, so respect results in honor. We as people, as Christians, need to begin with this starting with respect and then offering that type of respect. Now notice that in the Word of God, there are two areas or two different ways that respect or honor is given. There's two types of, of honor. And it's important for us to, to delineate against the two because it helps us to know what type of respect we're supposed to give someone. And because oftentimes we're ignorant of this, we misapply honor in our lives. And we wonder, how does God want me to honor this person who is so not honorable, unrespectable? Recognize there's two different kinds of, of honor in Scripture and in life. The first is ascribed, and the second is acquired. Ascribed honor is honor that is inherent to the position. It's like in the military, you salute the rank, not the person. Your commanding officer may be a doofus, but it doesn't matter. You say, yes, sir, right? When you go to court, everyone, arise, and then for whom? The honor, and you say, yes, your honor. That person may be a moron, it doesn't matter. The position that they hold inherently has a level of honor ascribed to it. 
That's why in Scripture, when we go to God in that song that we have, it says we ascribe honor to God because his position, just alone, God sitting on the throne alone, that alone, regardless of what you think about him, God deserves honor. He deserves our respect. Ascribed honor is very important because it has to do with position. It has to do with the roles that we play in life, which is why the last seven weeks we've been going through talking about our roles. If you don't know the role that you're supposed to play or how God has designed you to work in this life and how everyone else in the church is supposed to operate, how are you going to respect them correctly? We need to begin with that. That there are different roles, and with because of that, there is a type of honor that's just described because of the role. What this means is that if you go to work, you're going to have a boss. Scripture says honor that person. If you are in a uh, country like us, we're going to have a government. We honor our government because of the positions that they have. If you're in a church, you honor your pastors. If you are in a marriage, right, wives are going to honor your husbands, and husbands are going to honor your wives. If you are a child, you're going to honor your parents because they're your parents and if you are a parent you're going to honor your children because that's the role that they have you give them respect based upon the position that they have it's positional thing ascribed honor but that's not the only type of honor right there's a second type of honor which is acquired and acquired honor is quite different acquired honor is a type of honor that you can gain or lose on the basis of merit right It, it can be gained through wisdom it could be gained through virtue by doing things well. It could be gained through service, right? You, you do serve other people, and they're like, wow, they begin to respect you. It could be gained through competence. Somebody does a really good job at something, and like, wow, that that's, you know, gains our respect because of how good they are at this. It can be gained through success. Right? There's a lot of different ways that we gain this type of honor in our life. Right? Here's an example of that. There's a difference between a coach and a good coach. Have you ever noticed that? Right, it's like coach football. Like my players in two weeks when I get them in there, they're going to have to say yes, coach, and do what I have to say, even if I'm the worst coach ever. Right, that's my position. But if I'm a good coach and I actually teach them to get better and we have winning seasons and all that, what are they going to do? They're going to have a different level of respect for me. Right, acquired honor builds on the roles that you're within. Right, and so that's why it matters how we live. That's why it's not just like we, as Christians, take positions of authority, then we lord it over people because, yeah, we would have those positions of authority, we would have ascribed honor, but then we would lose everyone's respect in every other way in our life. We made sure that there was also honor that is acquired. No one owes it to you, you earn it. You earn it by virtuous life, by wise living, by, by doing things well, but it also can be lost, right? You can lose acquired honor through all kinds of things, foolishness, Sinful living, selfishness, mediocrity, failure, all of those things could cause you to lose acquired honor. We can't demand acquired honor from anyone. We earn it. But also I think it's important for us to, uh, to recognize this, that ascribed honor, the higher level of ascribed honor in the position that's inherent to the position, the higher level of acquired honor usually is necessary in order to gain that position. For example, today at our meeting, we're going to be affirming voting an, a vote of affirmation for two really important positions in the church. One is an elder and the other is a deacon. And both of those positions have a certain level of honor that is required of us, right, as a church. Which means that in the Bible it says, all right, in order to be qualified for that, here's a certain way of, of acquired honor that this person's going to have to have before they should even be considered for that position. Does that make sense? 
Which is why you expect your judges to be people who generally abide by the law, right? And when they don't, we get so frustrated, right? The higher position we're supposed to do that, we have that responsibility. Once we understand the difference between these two types of honor, I think it helps us understand when God says to honor our government, well, sometimes people in our government don't have much acquired honor in our eyes, right? Sometimes they can live and and be very, very... um, Uh, sinful people and very unwise and when this was written there was a really bad dude on the throne in 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 rome and you know a guy was doing some bad things but he could still say honor him because of the position he has the ascribed honor but as the church then they didn't have to go around and say but this is the best guy ever right there wasn't acquired honor there but there's still a level of respect that was due to the position this is where we begin with The second thing I think we understand about honor in life is that honor is essential. This is not an optional thing for the Christian because it's really an essential part of society. In relationships, can you have a good relationship if you don't respect each other? Right? Is that possible? No. If we're disrespecting each other, we're going to have a horrible relationship all the time, every time, all day. But let's remember this. Without honor, respect is meaningless. Because honor is giving due respect. That's why so many homes in our culture today are war zones. You have people not respecting each other. They're being selfish and doing whatever they want. Or they're taking the ascribed honor of their role and position and trying to demand things from somebody else while themselves are not acquiring any honor whatsoever. Honor, though, is essential. Society cannot operate if we don't honor each other. Look what's happened. Did you see those, those videos that came out of New York last year where the people were throwing water on the police officers and things like this? Now, I don't care what you think about police officers or, or things like this. That's just unacceptable because there's a level of respect that they should have based upon their position. Right? It's the same thing that we saw in the political thing, this, this thing, and I was guilty part of it too, disrespecting people that are in authority because we disagree with them, not giving them honor because of the position, it's not okay. Honor is essential. We begin to show respect in our community, in our culture, right? We begin to have this, a society that's able to begin to operate. Respect has got to start somewhere. So it should start with us, right? And so how do you begin to build that habit? Because we don't live in a society that understands honor or respect very well, Right? But here's the cool thing. Here's a good surprise for you. This is something that should make you happy. You're part of God's kingdom. And his kingdom has a whole better way. And he tells us how to do it. And we can live different. So let's build this habit of being honoring. How? Some easy things to do as we build this habit. We're going to start, the first thing, we're going to start by honoring God. If we don't honor God, then what are we doing? (laughs) I mean, if there's anybody who has greater ascribed honor, uh, well, there's no one. In fact, 1 Timothy says this about it. It says, it's about Jesus. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is our God. If anyone deserves honor, it is him. Inherently, it is him. And as Christians, if we honor anybody, let's start by honoring God. How? 
Well, the first thing we can do is start by respecting his designs. Why? Because our God is creator, and therefore, part of his, uh, his honor that he just has that's ascribed to him by the very position that he holds as creator, we need to respect the design that he's made, right? That's, he's got ascribed honor. He is creator. He made things. It is our job to respect him as creator by doing things the way that he asks us to do them. Does that make sense? That's the way that we honor him. That's why we went through the past couple weeks talking about some of the things that God designed, like marriage and family and church and culture. How God said, I made you, and this, these are some things that I've designed, and I want you to operate them according to what I say they should go as, not as you. So we understand our life, and we understand the world according to his design. Do you understand that as a Christian, every time you submit to God's design for things, his order for your family and for your life and for our church, you are giving him respect? You are admitting that he actually made it and knew it was supposed to work? You're giving him honor. Another way that we honor God is by respecting his commands, right? So we're going to respect his commands with our obedience. There's one thing to say, God, I know you told me to do this, and then, yeah, but I'm not going to. That's not respect. I have a little puppy. I love this little puppy, Tiberius Augustus, little uh, 10-week-old uh, golden retriever. And Tiberius is an awesome little dog, but he's uh, strong-willed. Okay? And so what we will say is, hey, Tiberius, come here. And Tiberius will look at us like, when I'm good and ready, I'll come. Right? He knows what we want. And there's a level, he's like, you're my owner, right? You're where the food comes from, right? And you're the great potty taker, right? I'll take him out to, you know, potty town in the backyard. But, you know, here's the thing. When I ask him to obey, oftentimes it's delayed. It's like, eh, whatever, right? My dog's going to learn to respect me. <laughs> and I'll know he respects me when he obeys. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. That's actually the words of Jesus. That, that respecting him in that way, saying, you know what, he asked us to live a certain way, we're going to just do it. That's why as Christians, we're people of the book, we're not people of the heart. Like, we don't follow our hearts. Scripture says our hearts are, are, are not great leaders, right? They're kind of blind and they're kind of selfish. Our hearts will always lead us astray and off a cliff. So we follow God's design. And we say, okay, God, you're your Lord, this is his ascribed position as Lord, because when you come to faith, right, what do we say? Jesus is my Savior and Lord, which means boss of everything in my life. He owns me because he bought me, and he's good, but he's my Lord, so he has the right to tell me what to do. And because of that position as Lord, we respect him with our obedience, which means that we follow God when we follow his morals, which are quite different than the world's morals, more and more so every day. It's when we follow his ethics, when we follow the lifestyle that he calls us into, when we obey God, we are giving him respect that is due him. This is how we honor God, right? Another way that we honor God is by honoring his plans for us through faith, right? This is respecting his plan for life. We're going to have to trust God. God doesn't owe us every single detail of every part of our lives and say, I want you to do this, therefore, because A, B, C, and D, and E, and F, right? He doesn't know us that. He is Lord. But also know this, this not just because we, we 
his ascribed position as Lord is why we want to follow his plans and trust them with faith. It's also because God has, Jesus has acquired our honor by becoming our Savior. He's done the most respectable thing that could ever be done. He left heaven itself and all of the glory and everything that was around him to die for his enemies, for you and for me, that our sins could be forgiven, that we could be entered into that eternal life with him, right? That he chose us above himself. He did it a pretty honorable thing. In fact, the most honorable act in all of eternity. We sang a song here just a few minutes ago that's taken from the book of Revelation. And do you know that song, the context of what happens in that song? There is in the kingdom of God at the end, you have, the, the, you have John, right, who's there and he's writing things down. And there's this scroll that is before all of the elders and all of the, the great angels of God, everything, all of the saints around it. And there is this scroll that needs to be opened. And there is no one worthy, not one. No one has enough honor to go and open the scroll, but it must happen. And John, the, the, the apostle, he's there and he begins to weep and he says, is there anybody in all of heaven, in the glory of, I mean, we get it on earth, no one be worthy, but in heaven, there's no one in heaven. And then it says, the lamb who was slain was able to open the scroll. Why was Jesus able to open the scroll? Because he acquired honor. And how did he do it? By being slain for our behalf. He did the most honorable thing in all of eternity, which qualified him to be able to open the scroll, which then ultimately in the end will lead to our ultimate glorification. When Jesus asks us to do something in our life, when, when the Holy Spirit prompts us to, to do something, when, when we hear his voice and, and through the word and through prayer and God tells us, hey, trust me. We follow him because he deserves it. He's earned our trust. He's already proved he loves us more than he loved himself in this, didn't he? He chose our good above himself. He demonstrated it with his own blood. He's been faithful and good throughout the ages. He's kept all of his promises forever. Based on that, isn't it right for us to then give him our faith? To say, all right, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm not always going to kick against you and say, I demand an answer before I follow. But say, Lord, if you've asked, then I know that it's good. And I'll follow. This is how we honor God. You know, honoring God is important, right? And here's some examples of how we might do it. You, you worship him. Worship is a form of honoring God, right? And uh, well, that's a change, change there. Here's the thing. God is... A, a God who owns everything. He has got the highest position of authority, and yet he also has the highest level of honor due him because of who he is and how he lives. He's a very definition of goodness. And therefore, he is worthy of us to revolve around, right? For us to center our lives upon. In fact, there is nothing else in all of the universe and anything in creation and even in heaven that is worthy of centering our lives upon. He alone is worthy. And when we center our lives on something, that is called worship. See, oftentimes we as Christians, we want a God who then orbits us, 
who will follow us wherever we go, and, and that God will be there, the Holy Spirit will be around us, and he'll be there to pray, we'll pray to him, and he'll give us blessings, and he'll bless our lives and our plans, right? And we want a God who orbits around us and adapts to our lives. But this is not the way that it works. The, the, the sun does not orbit the earth. But that our lives are to be centered on Christ. It, Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say, hey, I'll follow you. As a Christian, we honor God when we center our lives on Him. All of our thoughts, all of our, our, our goals. When we say to God, with my time, with my abilities, with my wealth, with my future, with everything, God, I am pursuing you. That His plans for you become more important. That you follow Him where He takes you. This is a, a way that we begin to honor God in our life. And it's got a word for it. It's called discipleship. Living worship is truly just discipleship. It's learning to follow God and obey Christ in all things. So for you and for me, we begin asking the question, how am I honoring God? We can oftentimes answer that question, Scripture tells us, by how am I worshiping Him? Am I centering my life on Him with my time? How about my abilities? Am I using the gifts that God has given me first to only enrich myself, or am I using them first to build His kingdom? How about the wealth that God has given me? Am I building it first for me or am I being faithful first to Him? How about the relationships God has allowed me to have? Am I first using that opportunity, the relationships that He's given me, and the roles that I have to serve Him, or am I using those things to be self serving? How are you worshiping? Can give you a really good clue as to how you are honoring God. But the thing is that we don't just honor God, we have to also honor one another, right? L- honor is a form of love, right? It's got to be sincere. But this kind of love, if you love God, you've got to love your brother and sister. So how do you honor your brother and sister? Well, there's two ways to do this. The first way we've got to do it is honor one another's roles. That's ascribed honor. If you are a husband, honor your wife because she is your wife. That is a role that she has. I don't care if she was mean to you today. You honor her for her position. If you are a child, you honor your, your parents. Why? Because they always do what you want? No, because they're your parents. Right? If you're a wife, you honor your husband. Why? Because he's the smartest guy ever? Probably, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you honor him because his position. If you are an employee, you honor the people that you work for by doing good work, giving them respect, do them. If you're an employer, you honor your employees, recognizing that, that they have a position of its importance, right? If they don't do their job, well, you're in trouble. We honor each other based upon position first, right? Start with that. Start with the role. Salute the rank, not the person, if that's what you have to begin with. Start there. Right? But the second thing that we can do, this is the fun part for us, is, uh, oh, go back, is through our roles. That you can build acquired honor. I know our culture doesn't understand honor, but it's still hardwired into us. Christians should live honorable lives. That's why it's so important. In your role, if you are an employer, be a great employer. If you're an employee, be the best darn employee ever. I think there's some scripture that talks about that. If you are a husband, love your wife. Lay your life down for her. Build honor in her eyes, right? Build that respect. If you are a wife, honor your husband. Treat him well. Pray for him, right? Do what's necessary to build honor and respect in there. If you're a child, right, be the best kid. And if you are a parent, live your life and train your kid in such a way that they respect you. And they see goodness in you and they can follow God in that. If, if you are a member of a church, 
respect God and, and how you live, grow and be an honorable person. Build that acquired honor in your life. So the world will begin to respect us because when they respect us, they're really respecting the bride of Christ. They're respecting who God is. So let's be honorable through our roles, through our speech, our actions, our attitudes. And this is how it all sums up. The last thing is we honor God, we honor people. Do you just show respect and act respectable? This is what it boils down to. If you were like, I don't know how to be honorable. Here's it. Show respect and act respectable. This is the call for the Christian, not just for our homes. If we start doing this in our homes, do you think our families will start doing a little better? How about in our church family? And as we start being a respectable church and showing respect to one another, right? We're going to be a light to this world who so desperately needs honor. So how do you apply it for yourself this week? Well, I take out your connection card. I have a few steps for you. I know this is a, it's, it's kind of like baby steps into it, right? But we we're, we're really want to grow into this. And so there's some things that I'm going to challenge you to do this week that I think are going to be uh, pretty important. The first one is why don't you memorize 1 John 4.21. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. Start with this. Do you love God? Because if you love God, we need to honor him, right? But if you're going to honor God, then you also have to honor each other. And that's a great question. That's a great thing to have in our minds throughout the week. Am I loving God? Am I loving my brother and sister in faith? Am I honoring them? Something else I'm challenged to do. Why don't you read Romans 12, right? I read a little of it for you today, a little passage, but there's a lot of great stuff in that chapter, right? Go through, spend some time with it this week. See what a Christian community is supposed to look like. And, and let's grow into that. Also, here's a challenge for you. Honor God with my time, my talent, my treasure. That's the TTNT. Honor God with my time. I honor God with my time. First, you're already doing it. You have a great day. You start with church, right? That we're giving God some time. That's huge, right? But ask God, how am I going to honor you? If God set up a calendar. He set up a way for us to live. Say, God, I'm going to start with you. My calendar is going to revolve around you. How about your talent? Are you ministering? Are you using your gifts to serve? Start doing that. If you need some help, talk with me. I'll help you with that. Honor with your treasure, right? We don't tithe the last 10%. We start with the first. Why? Because our finances revolve around God and his faithfulness because he is provider. Honor him with our time, our talent, and our treasure. If there's an area you need to grow in that, here's a challenge. You could take some first steps in it. If you need some help, that's what our staff here is helpful to do for that. We also have our pastors that could love to walk with you through this, how to begin to revolve our lives around Christ. The last thing is going to be more personal. This is hard. This is honor my, and there's a blank. There's somebody in your life that is hard to honor. I know it. So start there. And if you have to start with just a scribe to honor, then start with that. Start praying for them right? Treating them with respect, not because they deserve it because of how they've acted, but because of the role they fill. Maybe that's where you start. Or maybe it's this. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you know you've been dishonorable to because you've not been fulfilling your role well. Maybe as a husband, you haven't been doing your job for your wife and you want to honor your wife by actually fulfilling your role to her, right? Doing exactly what you're supposed to as a parent, maybe you're as a child, right? If you're a child, maybe you saw honoring your parent by how you live. So, okay, I've given you all something to do. There's quite a bit there. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up today, and uh, we're going to close this out as uh, you make those commitments. And as they do, uh, let me pray a blessing over us as we start uh, this process of, of living in honor. Let's do that now. Heavenly Father, you are magnificent.
just as we read today in your word, just as we reminded ourselves of, of how it is in Revelation and how the angels themselves come around and sing your praises, how someday with our very eyes we're going to be able to look on uh, your incredible light and be able to give you the praise that's fully worthy of, of, of your presence. But today, Lord, we recognize that you're still the same God. Though invisible for this moment, you are still eternal, and you are present, and you are here in our lives, and you're doing your work and amongst us, and you are the creator, and you are the savior, and you are Lord, and we give you honor. We ascribe it to you. So, Father, help us then bend the knee of our hearts before your throne. Father, show us how to give you the respect that we owe you. At the same way, Father, teach us, show us how to honor one another, children made in your image, in such a way that brings you glory. We've made commitments today. Help us to keep those in a way that draws us closer to you. Father, we pray for our tithes and our offerings and everything else that we bring to you. May it be an expression of faith and of love. Would you use it to build your kingdom for your glory? Uh, We ask that you would. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.